Hey everyone, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain it to you. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'll be listening. Welcome to Visibility Unlimited. I'm Leslie Short, your host and owner of the Cavo Group. We work with companies and organizations to expand beyond their current culture. Visibility Unlimited discusses topics focusing on diversity, inclusion, leadership, culture, and current events. Look out for my book, Expand Beyond Your Current Culture, out January 2021. Enjoy this episode and remember to subscribe to stay updated on future podcasts. Welcome to Visibility Unlimited. I'm Leslie Short of the Carver Group and host of Visibility Unlimited. I wanted to shake it up a bit and share an amazing podcast I've had the opportunity to be a guest on. Take a listen to host Jamie J live with the bottleneck. We spoke about how to build a diverse business. All right, it's uh, it's time for us to go live with bottleneck. My name is Jamie J. I am the founder and CEO of Bottleneck Distant Assistance. And this show is all about how we help stop the bottleneck in your business and in your life. Yes, there is a connection there. So I am so excited to be introducing you to Leslie Short. Uh, we're going to be talking about another, another culture. We're going to be talking about culture. I love it. So as you know, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I'm super excited to talk to Leslie. So uh, get ready. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful conversation today. So uh, get ready to join us. We're going to be uh, yeah, getting this thing going. So let's get this whole thing started in about 38 seconds. Jamie J. I'm the CEO and founder of Bottleneck Distant Assistance. This is live with Bottleneck, where we help stop the bottleneck in your business. And today, oh boy, we're talking about culture. You know me and culture. I am excited because, uh, you know, a lot's been going on lately. A lot of people uh, moving around, doing a lot of different things, uh, wondering why business just isn't going well. And so I'm, <sighs> culture Culture says a lot about who you are, what your company is doing, uh, where it's going, how it moves. Most importantly, I define culture with a single word, behavior. And so I am really, really excited uh, to be introducing you to Leslie Short uh, today. Leslie is uh, one of the founders of the Cavu Group, and she is uh, president and CEO. She brings four decades of experience when she created the Cavu Group to focus on diversity and inclusion 
in an effort to facilitate and create new solutions to old and new issues. That's what I really like about that. Her talents and skills are uniquely designed to see growth through open conversations, conflict coaching, training sessions, and workshops. She firmly believes that issues don't go away because programs are in place, but, but by continually evolving and having a channel to listen and understand the people who are our greatest assets. Leslie also focuses on brand DEI strategy, and we'll talk about that. But one of the biggest things that I wanted to pull out of that before I introduce you to Leslie is that she says, she firmly believes that issues don't go away because programs are in place by continually evolving and having a channel to listen and understand the people who are our greatest assets. And if you know me at all, I always say our systems, processes, and workflows are living, breathing aspects of our business. They need to constantly be changed and updated. So without any further ado, please allow me to introduce you to Leslie Short. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Great to be here. Oh, this is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm excited to talk with you about culture, about your book, and just have a great conversation. So before we get into that, I wonder if maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and maybe what you've been up to or, or how you came to start the Cava Group. Absolutely. You know, I got sick and tired of hearing diversity and inclusion being thrown around as buzzwords. And I finally said, you know what? This is not magical. We're speaking about people. And when you understand your own value within a system as a leader, then you can understand the value of other people. And that means the diversity of our skin tones, of our culture, of our cultural habits, of who we are and what we all bring to the table per se. We always like to say, do you have a seat at that table? So I want to understand What's going on with your table? You know, I, I don't need for you to invite me to have a seat. I already belong at that table. You don't get to tell me I belong there. If I justifiably want, you know, have the knowledge to be there. And so I wanted to really shake it up a bit and have different types of conversation uh, with leadership and with staff and just see uh, how do we move this forward? I so I'm I don't I'm sitting here yes 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 I love it I think it's so fantastic because um one of the okay I was going to go in a different direction but you just brought something up so I want to maybe address this first and, and jump right into this uh, I was in corporate America for 12 years mm -hmm. it took me 11 years to figure out how to get out <laughs> but but corporate, I'm not knocking corporate America. For some people, that's it. That's they love it, and and God bless them. It just wasn't for me. I I I just I had a challenge, and it this happened one time. We were having the big wigs were coming in just to see how we were doing, and the general manager said, "Okay, here here's a mission. Memorize this, um, and then uh, do not ask any questions. Only answer questions." And I was like, wait, what? Like, what? I, I didn't wow. get that. Right. And it, it also happened in the in the military. The general will come around and inspect the barracks. And we were implicitly instructed to not say anything negative, only answer. And I get that, you know, rank, all that stuff. But sometimes there's things that, you know, are just bugging you. And, man, this might be a good idea or something good for the general to know. But you, you got to go through the chain of command. And I get that. But all of that in the corporate world, I think, causes a lot of red tape and maybe, you know, it upsets people. People think you're stepping on them. And I just think that's a 
that's not a good culture to, for, at least for me, right. it wasn't because I want my team to be empowered to share what their challenges are. <coughs> and if, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. if they feel they don't have a voice. Right. Then why are they there? Exactly. So then run it yourself. If you have the best ideas, if your culture is the best way to go, if your way of thinking is the only way that you feel that you can be successful, then you should be there alone. And no one does any of this alone. Um, I don't care how fabulous an entrepreneur is or how fabulous a company is. It takes others, brain power, manpower, energy to be able to share with you outlets that you may not have thought of. Doesn't mean you have to do them all, but one small thought can trigger something else. But you have to have that, allow the, I hate this, allow the space, but you do have to have that openness that people can open their mouth and say, hey, have we thought about this? And if they can't do it within that meeting, then what is your structure that may include HR, but what is your your manager structure, your other structure that allows people to go to someone and consult with them and have conversation. Yeah. It, it's, so you bring up a good point. What is that structure? Mm -hmm. um, and I love your little bio when you talk about, you know, having systems, processes, structure in place. But this, in my opinion, once you have, it's hard getting that foundation set. You have to have that but things change. Yes. We didn't know COVID was happening. We didn't know, you don't know what's next, what's coming out. We didn't know we'd have to maybe update or create a work from home policy. We, mm -hmm. like, we don't know any of this stuff, but how do you um, effectively share, hey, you know, this is a constant change. How do you set expectations? I ask the leaders, what are your expectations? And I want to hear from them. And then I'm like, do your employees know that that's what you're expecting of them? And if not, then we need to shift this to make sure that there's a line of communication that makes sense for both. Because you're assuming that someone understands your expectations. Mm -hmm. So where we are now, how do we shift what we know was the foundation in an office to ensure the equity that is needed working from home? Because you're assuming that you gave everyone a paycheck and they're, they're all equal. But that's not the case. And it's not even always about money. It's about the surroundings, the family life, the, the not having a family and sitting in a box all alone and trying to work. There's so many elements. We need to have those discussions to understand what your expectations can go from expectation to reality. Yes. <laughs> Communication, right? Can you dive into equity? What maybe define that? Because it's been throwing, that's been another word that's been thrown around a lot lately. And I think people are getting confused a little bit. Yes. And so I wonder if maybe you can maybe define that and talk, talk to us a little bit about your way that you understand it. Sure. You know, if I'm speaking to the bank, equity is money. And I'm not going to say equity is not money, but when we define it within diversity, equity, and inclusion, for me, that means access. Do I understand where it is if I want to learn a new skill that you're offering? Do I understand how I get a raise? Do I understand how I can get promoted? What is the process and procedure that's not in the handbook, right? Mm. What's the reality of how I move? Who do I have options with when something is right or something is wrong that I can go have these conversations with? 
what is my access to actually feel that I have um, some stake in this? That's my equity. And so if you don't have that information, if you don't understand that there's a policy written somewhere, but it hasn't been explained or broken down, then you don't have equity to help yourself continue to grow, let alone have the company invest in you. You know, that lends its hand to confidence as well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Knowledge breeds confidence, in my opinion. Right. And if you don't have the confidence in the role and the responsibilities to which maybe you don't even know what those responsibilities are. I've, I've had people tell me I'm here, but I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this or this. And it all comes down to communication and setting expectations because we try to update our company manual once a year. We're doing it right now, getting ready to roll it out in January. And, it, but there's always going to be things that aren't in there because it's ever changing. Right. right? But let's be honest. People do that and you, you get your, your manual and that's great. You sign off for it. You got a gig, you got a check. Well, we update it once a year, but where's the code of conduct that can change and shift a little quicker than the manual. And so I advise companies to look at their code of conduct and keep that abreast. It does not dismantle the, the HR handbook but it keeps people up to date it's in their face as opposed to signing off that I received this. Mm, that's, that's smart. I've never done, you know what? We don't have a, a set code of contact. We don't have that. Right. So when people come in and after they read and after they sign off, they forget. Oh yeah. But that code of conduct is there, especially during COVID, but every time of how you need to appear on screen. I'm not saying dress fabulous, but there was women that were told to go put on makeup and men were showing up in pajamas. You know, the, the language that was being used was very comfortable because people were sitting in their living rooms. So they forgot that ethic costs. So to have that, that is a constant, it, it, it helps you understand what the culture is and how it continues to grow and build. And it's, it shouldn't be a punishment the sign every time something goes wrong, something gets added to it. But it does give you the flexibility to shift in a world today that is forever changing. Mm, that means, you know what, uh, and this may be a little sidebar, but you just, so we do our weekly calls. Our, mm -hmm. We have a weekly meeting. It's an hour long, sometimes an hour, 10 minutes, but mm -hmm. we try to keep it at an hour. We follow an agenda and we read our, you know, our mission and our vision. And somebody leads the, you know, meeting once a week, a, a different team member leads it. So right. we try to get people involved that way. But one of the challenges that we that I had in the beginning was, and I've I've seen and read and researched both schools of thought on this. I'd love to hear what you think, mm -hmm. and the, because this is cultural and value, right? When people show up, some of them may not, you know, turn on their camera. Some will, um, and at first I'm like, okay, you know that I want I want them to feel comfortable. It, that's I get it. Um, and, you know, maybe someone says, oh, my hair's not done. I don't want to be seen or something. I'm like, no problem. That's fine. But then I started thinking, like, if, if someone's talking and you can't see how someone's responding, mm -hmm. no, we're, you know, in different places, we're still live on Zoom. Right. I started saying, you know what? I think we need to turn our cameras on so we, we know that you're here and present and mm -hmm. being intentional about this conversation. Um, and so we started doing that now. And I hope I didn't overstep my bounds, but at the same time, I thought we are losing a part of that interpersonal communication. That's just my opinion. Um, I wonder what you think about that. 
In the very beginning of COVID, I, I, I warned everyone to be aware that you're assuming that everyone's background is acceptable. And that was before we even start to have conversation where there was kids running the back, dogs jumping through. Maybe their just background is not there. We assume that everyone is at the same level of, of um, living that we are. And we cannot do that. So I tell everyone to be aware. And then Zoom came out with the amazing backgrounds. And that was something I suggested. Or I said, send the company, the company, everyone the logo or do a bunch of different backdrops that are already approved that people can use and whatever they're feeling, they can put that backdrop up. And I've tried to kind of do it that way so that in cameras could be on that backdrop could be there. And then that was much more of a, a equity play as opposed to all cameras on and someone sitting in their closet because that's the only room that they have, that there's not kids in school, husband working, partner this, wife doing this, you know, whatever it is going on in their household. So this, at least, everyone has the approved backdrops, uh, five or six. And then you continue to build your culture that way. You can even do it as a mood. I love that. That's genius. <laughs> Leslie, that is genius because um, I never even thought of something like that. Uh, but you're right. Um, especially a lot of our team members, they're in South Africa, they're in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, there's they're, they're working at night when it's our day. Right. It's, there's a lot of different things to take into consideration there. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. I was just like, I was just thinking so we could see each other and I didn't even think. Right. Like that is a, that, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. Because we assume that everyone's like us, right? That's the issue that we have that everyone is equal. Well, we're not all equal. That's just the reality of it is. But if right. you give that equity that asks us to have, you know, five screensavers in the back, or, you know, we would like for you to turn your cameras on, but here is some material that you can use. Or if you want to blur, like you give them that so that they can control how they are seen. Mm. That makes a difference. What are some other things kind of like that, that we can share with other people on ways to think differently about not necessarily Zoom calls and management, but how we can include people uh, in, in, the, in the culture? Right. You know, so many people love to do these surveys. I, I, in assessments. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Whatever. Because <laughs> unless you do, and I'm like, do you know how to read them when you get back? So there was one company that was like, oh, everything was great. Everything was great. But when they look down outside of the checkbox ones and they see what people wrote, it didn't match. People were asking for certain things. And so you need to invest in what is it that your employees are actually looking for? Ask certain questions so that they can answer you back so that you're aware. Because again, we're checkboxing like we did what we needed to do and move on. But if you're going to take that assessment, then ask the questions on, do they feel like they are seen? Do they feel like they are being heard? What are some programs that they would like to learn that are new? What is not? Is there a program that we have that no one's using? There was a company paying for a program that literally two people used. Why were they paying that? Everyone's like, it's so dated. We don't use that anymore. Yeah, it's like, 
here we have assessments. I'm, I'm investing in all these assessments because I care. Well, right. do you? <laughs> you invest in assessments. And then, then once you get them, what's your accountability and responsibility and your commitment to make the shifts? Not all of them. I understand that. But where are you going to make that shift once you've gotten the information or are you just sitting on the information and sitting on your desk like, woo, woo, we did an assessment. You have to commit. You have to be accountable. You have to be responsible. And then you owe it to your employees to have the conversation of here's somewhat of a timeline, even if it's the top four things that we can we've decided that we can execute. This year or moving forward. Uh, so here's here's what I like about that. Um, one of the things I learned early on was as soon as I had an idea, I was like, okay, let's go do this. And then all of a sudden everybody else was like, whoa, wait a second. Uh, I thought we, I, I need time to process. So it's like running into a, a, you know, a wall instead of maybe leaning down kind of and ramping up to something and kind of saying, okay, these are some of the ideas. You just nailed it. Like, can we accomplish these things this year? Okay, what do we need to do? Go about that and then start hearing, getting feedback. I think mm -hmm. that offers confidence in somebody's voice and inclusion. And don't be scared when it doesn't work. Oh, yes. See, this is what happens. We're going to do this, right? And we're going to do it. I mean, this is the way we're going to do it. They don't get feedback. So nothing about us without us. Have the conversation about what needs to be in those programs or our initiatives or whatever you're going to call them. Um, new policies and procedures. But then if it doesn't work, you have to have the flexibility to say, we need to tweak or we need to look at this instead of going, see, I told you this diversity, equity, inclusion thing doesn't work because that, that's the default all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, well, what I was, I, <laughs> you are so right. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we, we invited someone in. I like sharing this story. Um, Michelle, I think her name was. Michelle Moore, she came in and she, she, well, she sent out a survey. And as soon as you said that, I started going, oh, this is, this is great. <laughs> and so 32 people responded to the survey and she came back and she said, okay, you guys, and she had all these things like 82% mm -hmm. of your um, team looks forward to a meeting and to one of your meetings. And I said, oh, we got to be minus. She's like, no, like. People, there's like 15 to 20% is like average. Like right. people hate going to meetings. So you're doing really well, but you have room for improvement. And we kind of like that stuff. And and to your point, okay, fine. That felt good. But we, we invited her to share with the whole team, get right. feedback and input from that team. And now we're doing a six month series mm -hmm. on our findings and what we've done to kind of fix everything. Right. And, and it's not a fix. Let's say it's not a fix. It's a shift because fix means it's done. Oh. And we're not, yeah. this is not done because we're dealing with human beings. That's why I always say it's not a change. It's a shift, a shift you keep shifting because as soon as someone leaves, it's a shift. Oh, see, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. We have to be infinite, not finite, right? Correct. Correct. Because otherwise we're dealing with robots and we can fix a robot, but we can't fix human beings. And every day is not going to be a jolly great day. I love to be here. There may be a day that I really don't want to be here, but I have to be here and I'm going to do what I need to do. But can you just let me get through this day? And we don't allow that. 
because everyone must always be on the same plane. Mm. The reality is we must all get done what we need to get done. And we need to give grace to each other sometimes that there is going to be mistakes or, or shifts that we didn't expect. And as long as we can what communicate again, that that is what's happening, we can shift back to keep moving together. But the shift is, is, is not always going to be in alignment. You, you know, you, you, you cannot be an accomplished sailor sailing calm seas all the time. You've <laughs> got to go through those rough seas and gain that experience much in the same way. Um, you find out how strong your culture is mm -hmm. when you hit those rocky times and, and maybe someone they don't always agree with a dis particular decision that's been made, mm -hmm. but they support it because they understand and they align with the vision and the mission and, and what needs to happen. And, and recently we experienced some challenges right. uh, in our company and it was so amazing to see how everybody kind of pulled through. We may not have agreed right. on certain areas, but the bottom line was we all want to see, you know, the culture succeed and the, the strategy succeed and the company succeed. And that was, it was, it was powerful yeah. um, when all of that came together. And, and it is, and it can be, and it's possible. <laughs> you, know, you just said you went through it, but what happens is so many uh, leaders want to say, this is what it is. And look, there's sometimes as leaders, you have to say, this is what it is. Understanding everyone's not going to agree and be happy. But if there was enough stake, of foundation, of equity, of inclusion, of diversity, of thought, right? Then people will invest in the road less traveled for a moment. They're not going to stay on that road with you right. forever, but they get it. But it's all how it's communicated. Look, we had offices closed during COVID and didn't say anything to people, didn't say whether they were going to have health insurance, whether they were coming back. Some was all of a sudden made essential workers. People's titles were changed. There was this lack of communication. And look, there was one company that pulled everyone on Zoom and fired them. So this is things that are happening. What I'm loving at this moment is that I'm doing a lot of uh, recruitment for companies as well. So I'm working with leadership, preparing them for diversity of thought, for diversity of mind, body, all of it, colors, culture. And I'm working with them. So when they're hiring and bringing in new people, that they are prepared to understand what inclusion is. But what can, I'm also, go ahead, sorry. Can you please give us a tip or something that you're doing to help with making sure that we know what inclusion means? Again, uh, I think a misunderstood term right. a lot, most of the time. Um, and I think it's so brilliant to be, so brass tax, $4,129 is how much it costs to hire somebody in the U.S. on average. Right. To fire somebody, it's nine months' salary. Pending. It's incredibly expensive. Because <laughs> you're at a will employee on some states. It, it, it's, it's insane. But, yes. but so this, what you're saying right now is I, I, I don't have any stats or anything to support it. It's just my feeling gut in my 15 years of doing this. Yeah. My experience would tell me that the majority of people that hire will not take this into consideration. No. And so that's why I love the company that I was, uh, we just placed two people, an executive 
And it was supposed to be an associate that we moved up to manager because the person we found deserved that title. And the pay equity went with her as well. And but if I had not worked with leadership saying, why is this important to you? What are these? What is the expectation for these positions? How is it going to um, work within the company that you already have? And so we had those conversations. And then I sat back and my colleague and I were able to go through when we were interviewing, asking the, the employees the same, the, the potential people the same thing. What are you looking for? So by the time they ever met with staff, by the time they ever met the CEO, there was already an alignment there and understanding. And so that was built in. And when someone said, I need to make sure that this is the right culture for me because where I'm leaving, I've already been through and I don't want to go through that again. That's when I made sure they were connected, not only with the CEO, right? But with the person they would be working directly with. And very important. Yes. I stepped out of it because I won't be there. You can like me all day, but once you're hired, I step out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. So I, so, uh, one question about that, and then I'd love to ask you a question about your book. Um, so when somebody, from somebody, from, from a perspective of a potential candidate, mm -hmm. what do they need to look for in terms of culture so that they understand that what they're getting involved in aligns with their values? Part of the big thing is, I always say to both sides, you are each interviewing each other. Stop thinking that you're just being interviewed as a candidate. You should be looking to see how, if you're on with, with several staff, how are they interacting with each other? How do they ask questions of you? What's their other facial expression? You know, I always say to everyone, we're on Zoom. We can see you. Fix your face. You know? <laughs> Ask the questions, what is your culture and what does culture mean to your company? Because I'm already asking that of the potential person before, what they're looking for in culture. What does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to them? Is that part of, a, of, of what they're looking for in their next position? And then what is their added value to that conversation? Hmm. So if I'm asking that of you as a candidate, you should be asking that of the employee as well. Yeah, makes sense. And I think I think it's a it it should be 50-50, mm -hmm. you know, candidate, hiring manager, whomever that is. Right. And I think I think it's I think it's really what's really cool is you introduce them to the CEO, you introduce them to the direct point of contact mm -hmm. or whoever that direct manager is going to be. I think that's really good. And I think even uh, even in a remote-based environment, it's nice to go and meet the team. Right. I, and, yes. and figure out because you've got to have, it's important to have your own values. It's important to have mm -hmm. your own opinions and it's important to have those opinions, you know, have a platform to which you can be heard, but there's also, there should be kind of a, Hey, we all share this similar core belief. Right. There, there's a focus and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I always say to everyone, you can all learn a mission statement. But you also have to understand to get to that mission, everyone's not on the same exact road to get there. That some people will have to turn because they're not allowed to go straight. 
whatever is happening, it's being blocked or there's, whether it's a, not a great manager or not a great whatever, that they're having these issues. You need to have respect for the different routes to get to the mission. And mm. that is what's not taken into consideration sometimes in companies. Yeah, because after all, you're you're hiring a personality. You're hiring character. And it's, you know, and why not hire somebody that you you align with personally or value their character traits or anything like that? I mean, it's just uh, uh I, there's so many people are just hiring to fill something. Right, but we also have to be careful because sometimes when we say for just personality or something, what happens is people hire who looks like them, sounds like them, and walks like them. Yes, this because is true. it's easy for them. Instead of going, look at the talent that this person can bring. Look at the brilliance this person can bring. Look at the diversity that this person can bring that will help the growth of where we're trying to get to, as well as expand beyond what we thought we could even, conversations we could even be part of. And so we have to be uncomfortable sometimes of not always knowing how someone is actually thinking, walking, sounding, or feeling, but knowing that there's something brilliant about them. I love that. I have a friend, David Trainer Khan, and he told me, Jamie, when I hire somebody, I look to make sure that they can do 75% of the responsibilities I'm looking to have completed. He goes, and I said, 75%, don't you want to shoot for 100? He goes, no. He goes, because I'm... I am so excited about finding out where they excel in that additional 25%. I'm so happy. And, 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 you know, that's one of the reasons every single January we have every single team member review their job role and responsibilities because right. that may have shifted. hundred percent. And, and, why not let them grow into, you know, whatever it is that they really want to do where they're excelling and, just get surprised all the time. I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you want? You're yeah. both within your team. Yeah. I mean, if you're holding someone back, then you don't, you're not a great leader. And that team member will only be there for so long because see, everyone talks. No, when something goes wrong, everyone talks about it, right? Horrible yep. company. Da, da, da. When it goes right, a lot of people don't talk about it, but they show up ready to go. Like they, there's an investment, but the moment you show me that I, you feel that I'm not worthy of this position, I'm not saying I feel that way, but I see that you're looking at me that way. I'm now looking at you side eyes. Why am, why am I showing up and doing this? Yeah. Well, I don't feel respected. <laughs> why am I even here? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so can we talk about one thing quick in there? Yes. So a lot of the, another buzzword is belonging. So in every interview you hear me speak about belonging because I cannot stand that. You don't, a book belongs in a library. A human being decides where they belong. It is a job's uh, responsibility to build an inclusive environment, meaning that you have a valid voice, that your being is valued within that space and that you have um, opportunity to grow within that space and that you're being seen and heard, not for the, the checkbox for which they thought you were, but for what you are bringing. <laughs> Had to do my small preach, sorry. <laughs> I, I, yes, I just, yes. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> well, I wonder, can you touch base a little bit on your book? 
Sure. I wrote um, Expand Beyond Your Current Culture as a kind of almost love letter to CEOs and leadership to say, stop the madness. Like this is not magical. We're dealing with people. Who are you as a leader? What's in your bag that you're bringing to the table to have the conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion? And then from there, how do you continue to grow and shift? And when you know who you are as a leader, you allow others to be able to step in and bring that diversity of thought. And diversity is gender, race, LGBTQ+, disability, sight seen and unseen, and veterans. So it really is about stop saying you can't find talent, diverse talent. Stop it. Where are you looking? Oh, you're not. Okay, there. Stop telling me programs work. Stop doing segregation within inclusion when you do all these programs and have Black folks over here and Asian folks over here and LGBT folks over here, but there's no one in the middle actually having the conversation of what's going on to bring it back to leadership. Stop hiring a DEI head of whatever and not give them a budget and not give them staff, not have them be part of C-suite. But, and then I give ways that you can look at what you're doing and how you can shift it. Then I give you a little calendar, monthly calendar that you can actually decide how can I make this better? That's awesome. And can you define DEI for those of us that may not know? Absolutely. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? So my website is www thecavogroup.com, C-A-V-U group, but make sure you put the, otherwise you're going to get a construction group. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn at Leslie Short. Um, and every, all social media, the Cavo group. Is that's there. awesome. You got the Cavo group. I said that earlier. I, I yes. think that's awesome. <laughs> and and, and where, where can they buy your book? Uh, Amazon, local bookstores, um, so you can always go in and request it, but definitely Amazon, you can have it. Oh, that's so fantastic. Well, I just want to say thanks again. Before we wrap, is there anything else you'd like to say? I want people to think about culture is not something that just happens. It's something you have to work at. You have to build it. You have to make an effort to see and hear others that may not look like you, sound like you, or walk like you but are on the same mission to build with you. Holy cow. That is very quotable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Do you have a second for me to wrap up? Of course. And then I'll be right back with you. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, Leslie is amazing. Um, I said that that last thing she said was quotable. I could have picked 15 million things in that conversation that I thought was quotable. I cannot uh, say thank you enough uh, for Leslie joining us today. So this is this is just something that I think all of us need to know and understand and practice how to build and or expand an international business is is kind of what we talked about. But I wanted. I really wanted to dive into culture today and, and I just, it's just amazing. Uh, if you want to learn more about Leslie Short, she's the founder CEO of the Cavill Group. You can go to thecavillgroup.com. You can see all of her social media there, the Cavill Group, uh, and that's T H E 
C-A-V-U group, G-R-O-U-P. You can also read Leslie's book, Expand Beyond Your Current Culture, Diversity, and Inclusion for CEOs and Leadership. It's just absolutely amazing. What a wonderful conversation. And I want to say thank you again to Leslie. And if you are interested in uh, other conversations similar to this, you can learn more about how you can break through the bottleneck in your business today by going to bottleneck.online slash BTV. And uh, one of the cool things that I really enjoy about talking with other other uh, amazing people is we share a similar uh, belief system in the power and impact that culture has. My recent book, Quit Repeating Yourself, How Today's Leaders Are Using Systems and Processes to Grow Their Business the Right Way. You know, one of the things I want to bring up on this really quick that Leslie says is that you have to keep changing and adjusting. Uh, there is no fix. Uh, I made the mistake of saying that word, and now I've learned I'm not going to say I'm going to fix something. I'm going to uh, change something or I'm going to tweak something. But all these workflows, these processes, these systems, these these work manuals, they're, they're ever-changing, living, breathing aspects of your business. I just want to, I thought that was really important. So if you happen to miss uh, my previous episode, I talked to a wonderful friend of mine, Dave Jones, um, Harvard graduate, MBA at Dartmouth, worked some of the amazing companies uh, around the world. Now he's the secretary to the board of directors of Branson Airport. So if you want to see a really fun conversation, he played for the University of Harvard's hockey team and he had a fun of stories with that. But he's just a really great, really smart person. So if you want to see other episodes like that, please let me know or check it out by going to uh, bottleneck.online slash BTV. And then coming soon, I have part two of my conversation with Gordon McDougall. He's the CEO of Tezzy Advisory. That's coming Thursday, November 4th, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about a small business owner, lifestyle business, or building for scale. So we'll have a lot of fun with that conversation. So I would just want to say thanks again. And thank you so much uh, to Leslie for taking the time with us today. Remember, go visit thecavogroup.com. And uh, one more thing before we wrap up, as I always say, Create your own ripple. Thanks so much.